You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. Uh, This week is the last week of Advent. It's the last week of this Advent season as we look forward uh, to celebrating the birth of Jesus and as we look forward to to celebrating his return, uh, as as he returns to make all things new. And and as we've seen, Advent is the season of preparation. It's a season of anticipation, of of excitement, of looking forward uh, to what God is going to do. And last week we, we took a break from this series as we had different events at each service. We had uh, a hymn sing, we had a cantata, and we had our Sunday school Christmas uh, service. All these events helping to point us, to, to help us anticipate, to help us look forward to the coming of Jesus. And so uh, because we took a week off, we want to uh, take a look back and, and, and make sure we, we know where we're at. Right, so, so if you remember where we la- left off, and, and we have that slide from, this, uh, from, from two weeks ago, uh, we're reminded that Advent is this season of repentance, that, that John the Baptist, who was sent to prepare the way of the Lord, who, to make his path straight, to, to prepare Jesus to come and be our Savior, John the Baptist encouraged us and called us to repentance, to, to turn away from our selfish, sinful way of life and to turn back to Jesus. But as John helped us to prepare for that, uh, we see that Jesus didn't just come so that we could turn back and, and live a good life. Jesus didn't uh, just simply come to be this example, to be this way of life that we should strive for. T- take a look at what the angel tells Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, starting at verse 20. Joseph considered all of these things. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, Son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Right? You, you shall call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. A couple weeks ago, again, we looked at this as a season of repentance. Advent is the season of repentance, but repentance is nothing without forgiveness. Repentance is nothing without salvation, and that's why Jesus came to save his people from their sins, to save you from your sins, right? And this is the most basic thing that we could teach you each and every week, but it's also the most important thing that we can teach you each and every week, that that Jesus, he didn't come to bring a, a temporary solution Even though everyone around him wanted it, he didn't come to to bring political liberation from the Holy Roman Empire. He didn't come to to bring a quick fix to our everyday lives. Jesus didn't come to make sure that everything in our lives was sunshine and cupcakes. Jesus came to bring a permanent solution to the problem of sin by saving his people from their sins. And how is it that that Jesus will do this? How how is it, uh, how are we able to assure, be assured of the forgiveness that that you have, that I have? Jesus did that by being God, 
right? As we continue in Matthew 1, we look at verses 22 and 23 where, uh, where we see that all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. All right, so, so God would come to be with us. And, and later in his life, Jesus will do all these things. He'll do these miracles. He'll, he'll heal people. Uh, but there are times, uh, there are a few times before he heals people that he'll say something that sounds kind of weird to them. He would tell them that their sins are forgiven. And this really got the religious people of the day, the scribes, the Pharisees, it really ruffled their feathers and we see one time that Jesus did this, and, and these religious leaders in Mark 2, verse 7, they say, well, why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Who can forgive sins but God alone? If you were writing a story, if you were writing a novel, and you wanted it to just, you really wanted to grow the intrigue of your audience, you might use something here called what's called dramatic irony. And dramatic irony is when someone, one of your characters, says something that they don't really have a full meaning of what they're saying, but you as the audience, you know more. You, you know the fuller story, and so as they say something, you can see where that's leading. Again, that's if you would like to make your story sound better. But here, that's not what Mark is doing. Mark's not embellishing the story of Jesus to, to, to make it sound better, to, to make it so that, that you get more caught up in the story. Matthew, or Mark is giving you a, a picture of the life of Jesus, the real life of Jesus, and the real responses that, that the religious people had to him. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Well, again, as those who are you know, kind of outside the story, even though we're a part of the story, but those who know the story better, you know that the answer to that question is no one. No one can forgive sins but God alone. And that's why it's so important that we celebrate Christmas. Not for the presents that we exchange or, or, or for the, the family gatherings. We celebrate Christmas because God himself came down to become a man to save his people from their sins. And that's why we can never separate Christmas and Easter. We can never separate Christmas and, and Good Friday. They will always be joined together. And, uh, I don't know if you can fully see it, but, but we see the, the baby Jesus lying in a manger on the altar. Right? Not only does that, that Jesus lying on the altar give us a picture, but it, right behind it is Jesus on the cross. Right? We cannot separate the baby Jesus from the man Jesus hanging on the cross. We cannot separate Christmas and Good Friday and Easter. Right? While we look forward to celebrating the purity, the humbleness, the, the calmness, the, the joy, the peace that's associated with this Christmas season, we also keep the sacrifice of Jesus in front of us. Because Jesus came for a purpose. Jesus came to save his people from their sins. Jesus came to save you from your sins. Advent is this season of preparation. Advent is this season of anticipation, this season of repentance. 
But Advent is also a season of salvation. You know, it's, it's so easy to get, get caught up in everything else that goes on around us, everything else going on in our lives. It's, it's easy to get caught up in, in the festivities. And, and often when we do that, we miss out on the season. Right? How often I've heard people, including myself, say things like, I can't wait till December 26th. Or I can't wait until January 2nd because that's when everything will go back to normal. That's when everything will slow down. But then we miss anticipating. We miss that anticipation of of Jesus coming to be with us. It's also quite common this time of year to to try and cover up our failures and to raise up our good works because we want more than stocking, in, or we want more than coals in our stockings. But as we do that, we miss that Advent is a season of repentance. And also, it's, it's really easy to get caught up in, in the decorations, the gift buying, the gift giving, the gift receiving, the parties, and the events. But as we do that, we miss out on being reminded that Advent is, is a season of salvation. Take a look at what Paul says in in Colossians chapter 1. He says, May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us. He's delivered you. He's delivered me from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Right, this is a season where we're reminded that we are brought out of darkness and in to light. That you and I, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So we have, we have one week until Christmas. Right, maybe you've been caught up in this season. Maybe you've, been, uh, maybe you've missed this time of preparation Right, it's not too late. Use this, this next week as a time of anticipation. Not, not anticipation for the parties and the presents and, and the wonderful food, but to anticipate the, the, the arrival of Jesus, to anticipate the celebration of his birth, to anticipate the day when he will return to make all things new. And also use this, this week as a, a week to repent to turn from your selfish ways and to turn back to Jesus. And then finally, use this week as a a week to be reminded of your salvation, that you will call his name Jesus because he will save you from your sins. Amen? Amen.